0: okay we should be live here we go meeting is now streaming live on facebook hello everyone my name is Forrest full and i'll be your host today thank you for being a part of these videos um we're going to be discussing how to support parents support teens support families support communities support the world right it all starts with the individual starts with our families at home I'm so honored and so privileged to be able to introduce an amazing, amazing guest. He's gonna tell a powerful story. Please share it with some friends. Go ahead and click on this. Um, Click on the share button, tag some friends. They need to see and hear this. My guest has been a ultra marathon um, athlete and he's done more races than we can count, right? He's also trained as a fitness professional, thousands of people, inspired people all over the globe. He has an award-winning documentary film that he's gonna be t- talking about too that's also inspired hundreds of thousands of people all over the globe. And I can't wait to introduce you and have you hear his story um, and just be prepared to be floored, right? Be prepared to be floored because uh, when he starts to speak, you know it's gonna be a game changer. So if you're a parent, if you're a, a teen, I want this to inspire you, hit this in your brain, but really your heart, right? Cause that's where change really happens when you get to the emotion of what's going on. And then you can make these kind of changes in your life. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you, Scott McDermott. What's up Scott? How's it going, man? Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for being on. I really appreciate you and your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, but thank you, because I know that, you know, the teens are a big part of your heart and mindset is your passion. So absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, please, if if we can get into, you know, that time machine, we're going to get into the time machine together, like we talked about earlier. And if we can go back in time and just bring you to when you were a teen, right, when hmm. you were going through the struggles, when you were facing this head on, when you felt that there was no hope and the world was closing in and caving in. And you know, I know you're not afraid to go there, but you know, by all means, you have full permission to just really, really go there. So thank you, Scott. I'll, I'll leave you the mic.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's an honor. And if we can't be real, we're not helping anyone. Right. So yeah, it's really great to see, like, I've had this amazing life and I've done all these great things, but like you said, if you go in the time machine, you zoom back to 1983, 1984, um, my life wasn't going anywhere and it just was a mess and I I hit the end of my rope I was done um and to be perfectly graphic and perfectly real I still to this day vividly remember the taste of the barrel of the gun in my mouth I still remember the the blend of oil and 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 old gunpowder and I can still remember how it felt to have the barrel between my teeth and the gun sight between my two front teeth and I had my 270 Winchester, my dad's 270 Winchester hunting rifle um propped against my knees and against the floor with a, a bullet in the chamber, safety off and thumb on the trigger and I was I was done. I'd uh written a note to my parents and I'd, I'd written a note to the girl I had a crush on and that kind of thing and it was Christmas time and we were on break from from school and I wasn't going back to school after Christmas I wasn't going to make it to Christmas I was done and my best friend at the time he walked in the door he had he had we'd walked home from school together and I I the way, somehow the way I said he explains it the way I said goodbye that day he knew I didn't mean see you tomorrow I meant goodbye and uh and so he was walking home and he, he said he stopped And he turned around and he, and he walked over to my house and and back in the days in in Canada in Northern Canada in the eighties, he didn't lock your door. We just, that would never occur to us. And so he walked in the back door to the house and I think he kind of said my name or whatever, and he came into the bedroom and he stopped me. He stopped me from ending my life. And so it begs the question, well, how did you get, like, what was going on? Why? Why were you going to do that? Why were you there? Why would you kill yourself? And I got to the place where I think a lot of teens get to, where you think it's hopeless. You think nobody understands you. Nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody else is having this experience and you feel completely alone and you feel like there's just, there's no way through this. Nobody cares about you and you might as well just leave because it's easier. And you're wrong you're wrong i was wrong and man i feel for the kids today because there's a lot going on in the world and it's crazy and in this whole pandemic thing and the stress that is on our kids today is bananas but then i was like well wait a minute i remember being a kid in high school and acid rain was destroying all the crops And we were using chlorofluorocarbons and we had punched a hole in the atmosphere and the ozone was depleted and the planet was going to burn alive. Mm. And nuclear war, we did drills where we hid under our desk in case you saw a big flash of light on the horizon. I don't know what hiding under your desk is going to do for a nuclear war. Mm. People were building bomb shelters. They were digging, there was plans like digging a big hole in the ground and building a lead lined bomb shelter and having weeks and months worth of food. And I had friends who had a bomb shelter in Canada because we were close enough to Alaska, which was close enough to Russia, which is where the whole cold war was going on. And I mean, Billy Joel wrote a song called, we didn't start the fire. It's always been burning. And he's right. There's always something going on. that's crazy. And it's worth it to stay alive. It's you, you don't quit because things are going to get better because we're going to make them better. If you look at those problems I just illustrated, we resolved acid rain. All of the factories had to have scrubbers put on and we stopped using certain products and the ozone has healed. Acid rain has stopped. I remember as a kid seeing photos of LA and you couldn't, it, it was a, an orangey gross schmutz in the sky. You couldn't see across the street. I've been to LA. It doesn't look like that anymore. There's blue skies because we changed and the whole threat of nuclear war, the whole cold war thing, they stopped doing that. And so now there's this thing and it's a bad thing. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but, but we have to keep hope and we have to realize that life is still worth living. Like I I look at my life now and I look at, all the things that I've done I I've, I've, I've been at the Ultraman World Championships Ultraman is a 3-day triathlon it's a it's a 6-mile swim 276-mile bike and a double marathon of 52 miles and I've been to the world championships 3 times I I've, I've transformed thousands of people's lives cuz I had a career in architecture for 13 years and I got fat and sick and I was like, wait a second, this isn't what I want to do with my life. I got fit and healthy and I, I built a gym. I opened a brand new gym and I ran that for 18 years. Yeah. And and we, we helped thousands and thousands of people. I, I I've, I've got so many clients that have, I've saved their life. Well, they've saved their own life. I was just merely the coach, but I helped guide them to, to completely transforming and, and, None of that would have happened if I'd have pulled that trigger. At all would have gone. I have a beautiful, amazing son that I love more than anything. Mm. The only reason he exists is because I didn't kill myself. And that's the part you can't see when you're stuck. And when you think nobody cares and nobody understands you. And you think you're the only one going through this. And you're not. You're not the only one going through it you're not. When I was a kid, um, Oh, and this is gross to talk about. It's hard, but, um, I was raped by a teenager and I never told anybody. And then in grade seven, I told one of my friends, um, I told a kid named Jason, we were buddies at the time. And I told him this thing and he, he like, we had this whole, he was like, what you, what do you mean? And, and, but then a month or so later, we had some big fight over something stupid and we just weren't friends anymore. And he ran off and told a bunch of people mm-hmm. that I was gay. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know he did that. And that was in the summertime between grade seven and grade eight. So grade eight rolls around and I go to junior high school. And so uh, what do you guys call it? A freshman in the States? Is, it, is uh, it a freshman when you're in the first year of high school, junior high first school? First year of high
0: school, freshman, correct. Yeah. Is that a high school or junior
1: high school? Anyway, grade eight. No,
0: fr- freshman, uh, grade, grade nine. And then uh, we okay. have middle school, grade eight.
1: Yeah. Okay. So in, in Canada, your first year of, of junior high school is junior high school and senior high school. So the first year, yeah. it was grade eight, nine, 10. And then the next version is 11, 10 or 11, 12. And so I'm the little kid in the school, right? I'm the young Mm -hmm. ones, right? The kids that get pushed around or whatever. I'm that kid. And everybody, this rumor has caught fire that I'm gay, except I'm not, which doesn't matter. It's nobody's business. But in the 80s, that wasn't treated well. Mm -hmm. And I got the crap beat out of me on a daily basis. I had people throw gum in my hair from a distance. I had people spit on me. I had people deface my locker. One time i was at my locker getting my books and and from what my friend from a distance described is is two of them clasped their hands and had the guy in the middle and they slingshot him into me he put his hands up and bashed me into my locker and broke several of my front teeth in the shelf of my locker and they laughed and walked away that was high school (laughs) That was junior so talk,
0: high. I mean that. I mean you have been through some of the most brutal things. I mean you know you you talked about you know very very close to a suicide. Um, you know getting uh, the ultimate betrayal, right? A best friend sharing your deepest secrets. Um, you know um, making you feel absolutely betrayed, and now everyone's attacking you. Everyone's you know. Jeez, I mean <laughs> that's tough. I mean, and 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 the kids, like you're right every teenage generation has its own set of warfare that they're dealing with yeah and um you know these kids with the pandemic i mean but i mean if you can do it anyone can do it that's that's what i i love about your story yeah you know you can do it anyone can do it i mean well here's what i was going to ask you too is like if for parents that are listening right now how can they start to break down the walls and get to where their teens are at because i'm noticing there's a lot of just non-communication. I see people trying, but they keep on, you know, hitting and bouncing off. Yeah. You know, what, what would you say to, to get through uh, to a teenager? Um, How, how should one go about that in this day and age with the pandemic going on and they're shutting everybody out and they're really, they're done with their parents. They don't want to talk to their parents, but they're living under, under this roof and they can't get out.
1: Right. Yeah. And that is a really tough that's a tough challenge. And I know, you know, I love my parents. Um, you know, they had their own challenges. My parents were both alcoholics and they had their own cross the bear, right? They were digging through their own problems. So it's hard. And in, in, in that whole thing happens with parents and teenagers. Like I get it. And you just got to be real. I think somehow you've got to, you've got to just reach out and say, look, I'm worried about you. I love you more than anything. And, and it, it seems like something's really bugging you. Can, will you, will you tell me what's going on? Cause I'm here to help. I'll do anything for you. Cause you would, as a parent, I'd do anything for my son. No question. Yeah. And I know that day's coming when he's going to be a teenager. And I, I hope that I'm going to be a better parent. That's our always, that's every parent's hope is that there, you're going to be a better parent in some way. Even if you had brilliant parents, you're still going to try to be a little bit notch better. That's always the hope. But I think there's a part where you've got to be real and, and let your kids know that you're not perfect. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect just because I'm older now. I'm still learning all kinds of things, but you got to let them know you love them more than anything, you can do anything for them. And, and it doesn't matter what's going on, you're gonna be there and you're gonna support them and you're gonna love them and care for them. And they need to know that somehow. And, and that communication stuff, cause kids are not always easy. They close off and sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need a, maybe not a counselor, maybe you do, or, or a good relative that has a good connection that's separate from you. I don't like you, but you've gotta start the talk. You have to communicate. You, you've gotta got let them know they're not alone. They're not alone, you know, and that can be huge. I know, yeah, eventually I did get some counseling. It was, it was incredible. um, Sad. (laughs) It's so funny. The story deepens and deepens when I was, um, so this all happened when I was 13, 14, when I was going to commit suicide. And I, yeah. the the problem is too, when my friends stopped me from committing suicide, then I went back to school. After Christmas, and the problems weren't gone. They're still there, and you know the, the girl that I had a crush on, her friend actually found the note, and then they were really mad at me, and they hated me because they thought I was didn't mean it, and so then they were then I was being attacked because I wrote a suicide note, and they thought I was just trying to get attacked. Like it just it went sideways that direction too. But yeah, I, I survived through those couple of years, and then and then my dad died. When I was 16 he had his ulcer in his stomach caused from the drinking it, it ruptured and he bled to death and died and then my mom crawled into a bottle all the way in and she ended up in the hospital with liver poisoning and then my brother and I were at my aunt and uncles for a while you know it's just you think wow come on how much more can you take but you can and and, and it's hard But all of these things have made me strong. They've made me unstoppable. That's the gift in it. The obstacle is the way. There's a great book by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way. I love that
0: book. That's a great book. Oh,
1: such a good book. Yeah. Whoever's listening right now,
0: get that for your teen as a gift. The obstacle is the way. Put that on their pillow and say, I love you. You know. I mean, that's a great way to kind of break the ice and give the teen a gift. Let them know you care.
1: Yeah, if you, you you go to your team you go you know maybe you don't want to tell me what's going on and maybe you think I won't understand what's going on. I want you to read this book because maybe maybe you can find some answers in here that you won't find through me or whatever. Like the mm-hmm. obstacle is the way. It's full of stories of people that have gone through the most wretched of circumstances and come out shining. Yes. You know and I, you, you just got to hang in there. You're, you're amazing. You're an awesome, awesome creation. You're perfect. The way you are, you're worthy of getting through whatever you're going through. And that's hard to see when you're in it. And, and it's hard to go through all that kind of crap, but it's a gift. Like when I'm out there at the Ultraman world championships and I'm in Kona, Hawaii, and it's closing in on hundred degrees and and I'm running a double marathon on day three. I've been exercising full tilt for three days and it's a double marathon. And I've lost seven toenails due to blisters and Jeez. I've still got 20 miles to go. And, you know, there's lava on the left and lava on the right and a black asphalt highway. And you you just keep going. And people are like, how can you do that? I'm like, well, it's not as hard as being a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> right? Dang. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is fun. Are you kidding me? I'm, I've am i got three of my best friends supporting me in the crew and there's people cheering me on and people driving by in the cars honking their horns and cheering. And I'm. people, this is fun.
0: We want to say hi to Jessica, who's watching right now. Um, she's a she's a super mom. Uh, she runs a farm for um, uh, she helps run a farm for homeless folks. And home and helps homeless people rebuild their life. And she was a homeless mom living down in the riverbed, dumpster diving uh, wow. to, to keep herself and her kids alive. And uh, she rebuilt her life, got off drugs, and overcame. Nice. Jessica, I, I think you'll really dig um, Scott's story. I mean, you guys have a lot in common. The, the amount, of, the amount of suffering, and, and then the the amount of life that you guys have in you now. It's incredible. You know, when you go through that suffering, you get stronger. It's just yeah. like it's a workout for your, um, your, your emotions, your, your ability to bounce back your ability to go through the toughest of the tough and then come back out of it. So yeah, keep going, Scott. This is, this is super interesting, man. Thank you.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. You know, it's funny too. This is stuff I haven't thought about in a long time because I don't let it define me in a sense. Like it's, I don't dwell on it. I don't, it's not an excuse. I'm not a victim. It's like, you know what? That's what happened. And it's like a car. It's in the rearview mirror, and I'm not looking in the rearview mirror. I'm not yeah. slamming down the highway at 70 miles an hour, looking in the rearview mirror. I'm looking in the windshield. This is a big old life in front of us, and I'm just, I'm steering the car where I want to go. I'm not steering the car based on where I've been. Mm. It's neat. It's Love history. That. It made me what I am. Great. I'm strong for it, but it doesn't get to define where I'm going. I'm going, it
0: it transformed into something else. Yeah, that's what it looked like. I mean, you you know, it, uh, it evolved into something else. And then you use that fire, you've used that fire to, you know, come out of the ashes. And, you know, like a phoenix rising, you've transformed into something else. You know, maybe I think for any teens that are going through some hard times, parents that are supporting those teens, get your teen to write about where they're going to be in 10 years or 20 years and have them do a forward pacing exercise have them do a journaling exercise where they can see themselves now giving back to other people or being a hero in some way that's how i did it i started visualizing my myself as a martial arts expert keep in mind i never took one martial arts class in my life but it started with the visualization eventually i did do 15 years of martial arts became a second degree black belt that was how i got into fitness i mean Really, it changed my life, but it started with the visualization 100%. Of, of my future,
1: right? Yeah. That's powerful medicine. I'm, I'm a huge, huge believer in visualization. I've done multiple vision boards where you just take a bunch of magazines or you do Google searches and you print off images of this is what I want. This is what I want to look like. This is what I want to feel. This is what I want to have. This is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. You take photos of that and you, and you cut them out and you put them on a big piece of board and you, you put words, inspirational words for you that that mean something to you. You create that vision, you architect your own life. And it's like, if I can design my life, if I'm the architect and I can design my life, what will my life look like? And you do that on that board. And here's the magical, powerful thing. Even if you never look at that vision board again, even if you put it away somewhere and forget about it, because I've done this over and over again, I will find a three-year-old vision board. And I'm like, holy cow, that one's true. That one's true. That came true. That happened. This happened. And things will have happened that you, you, you didn't even know your subconscious mind was still working on it. Because here's the thing. Every possibility exists right now. Every possibility exists. And and what you need to do is tune your, your subconscious in so that it starts looking for that. It's like being in a big city. You go to a big city that you've never been to before. At any given time, we go to LA. At any given time in LA, there's probably 30 radio stations playing all at the same time. And they're all playing a different song and you're not aware of any of them until you start spinning the dial around looking for, and then you tune in to. oh, there's my favorite song. I love this radio station. But if you're not spinning the dial looking, if you're on a radio station you hate, you're just like, well, it's another stupid song. I hate this radio station. I hate this radio, change the dial. Stop listening to that radio station. Like you need to pay attention to what you want that's where you want your energy flowing. You want your energy to flow to where you want it to be. If, if your energy is stuck looking at what you don't like and what you don't want, then, then you're just gonna get more of that. Don't focus on that.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. It's like um, if, you're, if you've ever played golf, um, if you try to, you know, you Water. wanna get it on the green, you wanna hit it on the green, get it on the pin, but if yeah. you're focused on the sand trap, or yeah. the water trap, or the water hazard. yeah that's where it's going to go. It's going to yeah. go where, where your focus focus is, totally. right? And yeah. um, you know talk about the vision board again. I mean it sounds like just the process of building it it implanted into your subconscious mind because one of the things about the subconscious mind that I've come to find in my research is that the subconscious mind has a language and the language of the subconscious mind is two things. It's feelings and images. Yes, right? feelings, yes. and images. 100. 10%. So that's why a vision board is so, so powerful because now you're creating the images and as you're creating it, you're going through all the feelings as if it's already occurred in your life. Yeah. And you're in, in your, if your brain is a kind of an artifact of the past of the memories, and you're constantly living in the past, you know, one of the things that, you know, we know is that the brain thinks 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm. right? And most of them are negative and or repetitive thoughts. So yeah. you're just repeating that past over and over again. But if you want to live to the future, then start to create basically a future memory and start to rewire the brain. It's, it's rewiring the synapses of the brain to go into a, a future memory that you're creating. And then you start to le- live into those expectations subconsciously. And yeah. that's yeah. that's the thing is most people try to do conscious goals. We know that know for new year's for example only eight percent or less ever ever reach their new year's goals it's ridiculous but if you can implant that into your subconscious and do what scott said create a vision board do that with your kids what a beautiful gift that could be
1: absolutely it's super super powerful and your mind is always working especially your subconscious it's always and it just does what you tell it to you know you talked about the golf analogy and it's funny one of the things I would talk about to my clients, usually when we were doing plyo box jumps, because everybody's worried about cracking their shins on the edge of the plyo right. box and the skin <laughs> yeah. right off. Right. And so there's a, there's a saying you hear all the time, which is focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. But there's a reason for that. If, if you're in your golf analogy, if you're at the tee box and there's the green in the distance, but there's a big water hazard and you're thinking, don't hit the water hazard, don't hit the water hazard. Don't hit the water hazard. I guarantee you're gonna hit the water hazard because you're mm-hmm. you're you're picturing the water hazard and your brain just goes, okay, then you just hit the water hazard. Cause here's the thing, the human brain throws out the words don't, not, and no. It, it doesn't, that's, it, right. it does it, that's an abstract concept. Cause if I tell you right now, whatever you do, do not think of an elephant. Don't yeah. think of a palm tree. Do not think yeah. of the big ocean. Do not think of <laughs> stubbing your toe. You did every one of those because- you Every brain, one of those images just popped into my head. I couldn't stop it. Because your brain focuses on the feeling and the picture. Yeah. It doesn't, get, your, it, your subconscious doesn't understand language. It understands the picture and the feeling. So- exactly And so like think said,
0: about like, that where it applies now too. Like for anything, for finances, I don't want debt. You know, you're you're thinking of debt or, you know, I don't want to be fat. You're just thinking of fat. You know, uh, I don't want to be locked down in COVID. You're just gonna feel more locked down, right? So, using a different language, right? So, how would how would you start to reframe? Do you think, Scott, or what's worked for you in the past?
1: You have to flip the script on it. So, it's a therefore thing. I don't want this. Therefore, what do you want? Ah, yeah. I, I do want. It's the opposite. And you sometimes make a list, like in March, on March 17th, we got the order in our province, in our state, in Canada, that we were, the gyms were shut down. And I had been running my gym for 18 years and running a gym has gotten harder and harder and harder and harder. And I mean, one of the reasons I met Forrest is I started working with him on the, on the detox program yeah. as a, as a service to my clients and it was successful, but it was never, nothing I did was ever successful enough. And with running the gym was hard. And when we got shut down on March 17th, It was devastating because I, I was like, man, this is already almost impossible. What are we going to do now? And you know what, in my true fashion and the way I always do things, I had my sleeves rolled up and we were doing online workouts and we were doing videos and we were building an online six week challenge and a work from home. And we were going to rent equipment to people and we were digging in. And then I kind of went, wait a second, what are you doing? Yeah. And I stopped and I did all the math and I looked at the numbers. And I was like, this will never work. There's there's not a chance that you can pay for your 15,000 square foot building on online coaching in in this world. And and this isn't going to be fast. They're saying, well, it's a two week thing to flatten the curve. I'm like, no, this is a year. At least there's no way this ends easy. And, and then I made the, I made a decision. It took me two days and I made a decision. I'm like, we're closing the gym permanently forever. My 18 year dream is done. We're moving on. And I shut my gym down. I let my staff know. I let my members know. We sold all of our equipment. We raised enough money to pay off all of our prepaid members. So we didn't owe anybody and we walked away clean. Mm. And you could you could say, Oh my gosh, that's devastating. Like, you know, you lost like a half a million dollars of value of your business and all your equipment. You sold it at a fire sale price and you lost everything. I'm like, yeah, but I set myself free. Yeah. Now I'm writing another book. We finished our documentary, we got it into theaters, we got it onto streaming, people all over the world are watching our documentary, we've got awards, Um, I'm doing podcasts, I'm doing interviews like this one, I'm doing keynote speeches, I'm coaching 23 people online right now, one-on-one personally, I'm actually having way more fun living my purpose and helping people more intensely than I ever could have when I was doing what I was doing before. Everything is getting better. Yeah, everything it's, it's, it's become the obstacle is the way it's become the (laughs) greatest opportunity in my, I can't believe how amazing my life is. Mm. I'm home every day. I used to have times when I ran the gym where I would, I I wouldn't see my son for four days and we leave, we live in the same house. We sleep 17 feet from each other. And I didn't see him for four days because I was gone to work before he was up and I wasn't home till after he was asleep those days are over. I, I wake my son up every morning. I give him good snuggles and I make him breakfast and I see him off to the bus and he goes to school. And I'm here when he comes off the bus in the afternoon. And I schedule my work around time with my son. My son, well, if you asked my son, how was 2020? He's like, it's the best year ever. My dad stopped working all the time. It's brilliant.
0: That's so awesome, man. We want to say a quick hello to Carlos Garcia and Kathy Byers. Thank you guys for watching. Um, and if you, if you want to go back on the replay later, I mean, Scott has just gone through some amazing uh, part of his story, um, you know, from suicide, depression, to being bullied, to coming out of it being an ultra marathoner.
1: Um, was it ultra Ironman or ultra marathon? It's called Ultraman. It's, it's three and a half ultra- times longer than an Ironman triathlon. So it's a three-day triathlon called Ultraman.
0: That's that's awesome. And and now, um, you know, just like me, you know, I was in the fitness, fitness industry for about over seventeen years, and then now I'm doing the uh, the mindset stuff and media stuff full time, and I love it. But we have to evolve as people. Be ready for change. The only thing constant is change. Yeah. That is the only thing that we can really count on. So how flexible are you? How adaptable are you? You know, um, what, what do you think, Scott, as, as you're kind of, uh, rounding the corner on, on your life story, now you're, you're, you're at this part where you've evolved past the gym. Congratulations, by the way. I think that's great. Really yeah. proud of you, man. Um, and now you're out speaking all over the world. Like you said, doing podcasts, inspiring other people. What, what would you say is your, your main message right now to the teens that are, that are looking at this or to the parents that
1: are supporting those teens? the you have to pivot you you have to look at the world as it is not as you want it to be you have to go okay this is what it is the world has shifted there's been an adjustment Mm -hmm. that's not what I thought was going to happen it's not necessarily what I want to happen I actually don't like what's happening but I can't control that I can control me and I can control what I do next and so what am I going to do within the environment that is currently actually here. Mm. You have to be real. You have to go, okay, what can I do? Cause there's huge opportunities right now. Yes. That's that's all constant, but you have to look for the opportunities. You can't look at it's like if you're in the middle of the ocean and you're rowing a boat, you're rowing along in a boat and a great big insane wave comes out a rogue wave comes out of nowhere and it flops over and it smashes your boat and breaks your oars and they sink to the bottom of the ocean do you know how many people right now are still sitting on their back trying to row and they're like this isn't working stop rowing (laughs) you don't have a boat and you don't have oars start (laughs) to learn to swim yeah like i know that's simplifying it but it yeah, I lost my gym. Yep. It is gone. That whole source of income, all of that is gone. Okay, great. I can't sit here and start whining and thinking about what it's gone. Now, what are you going, you have to create something different,
0: but you're right. There's always opportunity. If your mind is geared toward looking toward the solution, if you're just focused on that sand trap, like we were talking about with the golf, if you're just focused on, you know, I'm trapped, I'm stuck. There's no way out. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, if that's your focus, then you're just going to, it's like standing in front of a wall, right? When you can can turn around the whole room is right there and there's people in the room, you know, there might only be a couple of people, but at least there's some people,
1: you know, know, one of my favorite examples and I've got millions of them, but I did a lot of personal development courses because I really wanted to figure myself out and improve for a lot of years. Still do. I'm a constant learner. I I read all these books. I'm reading them all the time. I read two audiobooks today. Like, um, I guess, is that technically reading? I've listened to two audiobooks today. That'll work. Um, but one of the things that I love, and this was an analogy taught to me by a man named T. Harvecker, and he used to run a company called Peak Potentials. I know he's still active in the Oh, world yeah. yeah. I know him. Yeah. T Harvecker, yeah. He's right. he's like Tony Robbins, but short and Canadian. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's amazing, amazing. He's one of my mentors. And he had this great analogy that he talked about. He's like, there's a window and there's a fly. And he really wants to be outside. And he's backing, he's bashing against that window over and over and over and over again. He's hitting the window, 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 and eventually he dies on the windowsill. Hmm. Six feet behind him is an open door. He missed it the whole time. He's looking out the window, bashing his head Ah, again, bashing ah. his brains out against the wood. Stop. Turn around. There's an open door right there. You just (laughs) got to stop smashing your head against the non-exit. It's never going to lead you where you want. It doesn't. And that's, you have to be willing to stop and pivot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I um, had the, the honor one time of speaking on a tony robbins stage it was a wow. tony robbins stage for for teens yeah and i was sharing some of the work that we were doing for homeless families and uh but before i went on you know it's a big production i mean they bring you back into the green room the pre- preparation room they're putting mics on you you hear the crowd roaring and wow. the whole freaking thing the, the room is shaking right from the other yep. speakers like i gotta follow that guy i don't know what he's talking but he had everybody stomping and shaking and roaring the crowd i gotta follow this guy so anyways i can hear he's done i'm up next and opens the door and he comes walking in i look down and he's you know this high off the ground he's got no legs no arms well he's got one stump for an arm and just a single finger right oh is that um Um, no this is he's a younger guy Um, his name escapes me right now um but uh i'll put his i'll put his name in the comments below after this yeah Uh, nick
1: was one of the guys like that but anyway
0: go ahead he basically walks in on his hips right yeah and i'm I'm thinking i need to help him into his wheelchair right because he's like scuttling on the ground he puts his head down upside down does one of these pops himself up right into the wheelchair and he's like hey how's it going and i'm like just blown away man i'm like this what what an overcomer right uh, somebody who can go in and just inspire so many other people he's got no legs no arms it's like we, we forget we forget to have gratitude i think yes. is what it comes down to we forget oh. to have appreciation yes yes can, yes yes if we can be aligned with gratitude and appreciation t- scott if you can kind of we have to wind down in about five minutes but if you can kind of like tie in the power of gratitude and appreciation with where you've come and, 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 and help us close this. I think this has been a beautiful story. I'm going to share it with so many people. I recorded it. Thank you so much. But yeah, if you can tie in gratitude and appreciation as we finish.
1: Yeah. And I will a thousand times hooray for you for thinking of that, like gratitude is the master solution. You find everything you can that you're grateful for, even in the, in the, the pit of Horribleness, find things you're grateful for, because it shifts everything. It shifts what your subconscious starts to look for. It shifts your energy, everything. And I don't, it, it, I'm grateful that I have a toothbrush. I'm grateful that I have toenails on every toe. You, sometimes you have to reach and and I've been through that. Like I remember coming out of the hospital and I had I had metal in my shoulder and metal in my arm and broken ribs. I could hardly breathe. And I had staples sticking onto my skull where I broke my skull open and my knee was busted up and my wrists were both damaged. And I couldn't remember things. I couldn't stay awake for more than an hour and a half, but every day I was like, well, I'm alive. I didn't break my neck. So that's good. I have my wife. I have my son. People care about me. My neighbor just shoveled my driveway for me. Like, You just have to every day think about gratitude. And it took five years of physiotherapy before I could lift my arm above my head again. And it was painful every week. It was awful every week, but every little degree I gained, I was grateful for. And we talked about visualization. When I woke up after the crash, I knew I would race again. And I fixated on that. I had that vision, of getting back to the world championships again. And I never waver. And like every setback was like, okay, how do I get to there? Okay, how do I get to there? Okay, how do I get to there? Every setback. Oh, you have to have knee surgery. Okay, once I've had my knee fixed, can I run again? Yeah, probably. Okay, good. You just have to focus on, focus on what you want and, and every day write down five things you're grateful for. And they don't have to be, monumental, the smallest things, because what you focus on, you get more of. Yes. And if you're focusing on the crap that you're stuck in, you're just going to get more crap. You become a crap magnet. Mm. Do the opposite. Focus on what you want. Be grateful. Gratitude is the biggest gift. And you're amazing. You're surrounded by miracles Mm. every day. We're all surrounded by miracles. We are a miracle. And you have to remember that. And when I was 13, I didn't know that at all. I didn't get that. I thought nobody understood me. I thought there was no way I would survive the garbage I was living through. And I might as well just quit. And I'm so glad I didn't. You got to hang in there. You know what? Message me. If you're stuck, reach out through forest, reach out to me. I don't care. I'll tell me what's going on. I'll listen. If I can throw you any sort of anything, I'm not a counselor. I'm not certified in anything that, relevant to this, but you got to believe you got to hang in there.
0: Sometimes just to get a call from somebody and to hear somebody else say, I understand your pain or yeah. I understand what you're going through. And just, just being seen or heard by someone is a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, thank you for that. Scott Too that just the gratitude
1: piece, you know, that's huge. It is like, I've, I've been raped and beaten and punished. And I've, I've had all the things thrown at me and I'm still here. And my life is awesome. I am stunned on a daily basis at how incredibly cool and fantastic my life is. I, I'm just giddy at how great my life is. And I'm 51 now. And when I was 13, I wanted to stop. I wanted to end it all because I couldn't picture getting through what I was in the middle of. And looking back now, I'm so glad I'm still here because it's amazing. You just gotta believe that that's coming for you.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all your scars, sharing all your war wounds, You know, being open, honest, and transparent. Oh yeah, right there from the crash. <laughs> that's where right? my brains leaked out. <laughs> How do people um, find out about your documentary, your award-winning documentary? Um, mm, and, they how do they, to, yeah. and how do they hire you if they want you know you to come speak at
1: an event or at their company to inspire? Sure, yeah. If you go to warriorcodefilm.com, then you can reach out to me. You can find me there. I'm pretty easy to find on social media and stuff like that. But if you go to warriorcodefilm.com, you can click to live stream the movie. It's ten bucks to watch it. Um, it's you know what you said. The movie's about me, or the star of the movie. I'm not my crew is the star of the movie, all of the people involved in saving my life and getting me back to the world championships, they're the stars of the movie. It's a phenomenally inspiring film. My buddy Drew Kenworthy did a brilliant job of crafting the movie. It's, it's, it's 82 minutes, it's family friendly, there's no swearing, it's really good for everybody. I highly recommend you check it out obviously because I'm, you know, <laughs> but yeah
0: i'm typing i'm typing it right now into the into the uh, box into the yeah. comments so Warrior tell code me one more time
1: www.warriorcodefilm.com
0: warriorcodefilm.com and i made the you website got... myself
1: it's not pretty but it works
0: that's okay hey
1: <laughs> if, if it works that's all we
0: need warriorcodefilm.com scott mcdermott ladies and gentlemen scott mcdermott thank you so much reach out to Scott, private message him on Facebook as well. If you need him to come and speak at an event, uh, if you need him to revitalize your company or, you know, help with some uh, teens, parents, anybody, right. Um, You know, Scott does speaking engagements and he will um, really, really inspire our room. So thank you so much, Scott, for your time, for being on here, for helping pay it forward to the teens and the parents and, you know, I have this recorded. I'm going to be sharing this with other people and uh, let's stay in touch. You know, I think I yep. think we're definitely a lot of synergy with our projects that we're doing. And um, yeah, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you, man.
1: You're very welcome. I've, if there's anything my challenges can do to inspire and help everybody else, then great. That's awesome. That's what I want. I want to inspire and help others through what I've gone through. that will be awesome.
0: Awesome. You're doing it, man. You're doing it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. I appreciate you, Lilia, Kathy, Carlos, Bo, Jessica. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Scott. We'll talk soon. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, take care.
0: Take care.